Hello, and welcome to the Tao Te Ching for Everyday Living. I'm your host, Dan Casas-Murray. This podcast is for the Tao curious, those looking for a random bit of wisdom once in a while, or for those who want to dive into this wonderful teaching. I've been studying the Tao Te Ching for just short of a year now, and have reconnected with a natural feeling of inner peace and contentment. I don't hold a doctorate, nor am I qualified to teach anything about the Tao Te Ching. I'm just an ordinary person who has experienced the wonderful side effects of following the Tao. Since everyone's experience with this wisdom is different, the only thing that I can hope for is that mine helps you to connect with a Tao in your own unique, personal way. Feel free to listen to each episode a day at a time, or anytime you need a quick Tao shot. You can listen while you're on your way to work, or after that, when you're winding down. It's always a good time to observe the Tao. In each episode, we'll do four things. One, we'll read a verse of the Tao Te Ching. Two, I'll break it down into everyday language. Three, I'll share my own thoughts and experience. And four, I'll leave you with a couple of the many ways you can put the Tao into practice for yourself. That's pretty much how I've been practicing the Tao every day. By listening to Lao Tzu, reflecting on his words of wisdom, listening to other comments, and trying to practice them in everyday life. Thanks for joining me today and enjoy this episode of the Tao Te Ching for Everyday Living. Verse 52, Integrating with the Tao, or Owning Your Stuff. The principle of the world became the mother of the world. Gaining the mother, one knows her children. He who knows the children and retains their mother to the end of his days is exposed to no danger. If he closes his mouth, if he shut his ears and eyes, to the end of his days he shall feel no weariness. But if he open his mouth and increases desires, to the end of his life he cannot be saved. He who sees the most subtle things is called enlightened. He who preserves his weakness is called strong. He who uses the brightness of the way and returns to its light need fear no bodily calamity. He is said to be doubly enlightened. That's verse 52 of the Tao Te Ching, translated by Charles Johnston. Next, let's break it down. This verse has three parts to it, and we'll take each part, one idea at a time. Part one talks about everything that we do causes ripples. Part two says, there's no way to immediately know my center, and I must practice and practice to become aware of it. And part three says, by trying my best to move into harmony with the Tao, I'm integrating my being and thus continue to purify my life's energy. That's a lot. <laughs> okay, so let's dig in. Lao Tzu starts off by saying the principle of the world became the mother of the world, gaining the mother one knows her children, and he who knows the children and retains their mother to the end of his days is exposed to no danger. 
Okay, what does that mean? Well, we're talking about, like, I mean, if if we look at, you know, the the immediate the immediate sense, right? A mother and her offspring and her children. Like, we understand something of the mother if we interact with the children. How could we not, right? Because parents have influence over children. Okay, so if that's the case, would it also not be true that my actions, my words also reflect what's inside of me? Yeah. So everything I think, everything I do causes a ripple effect throughout all my life. And I think that's what we're getting at in this first part. Okay, so part two, let's talk about this. It seems a little cryptic because Lao Tzu is saying, well, uh, if I close my mouth and shut my ears and eyes, I won't get tired. <laughs> but if I open my mouth and increase my desires until I die, I can't be saved. Okay, man, like what? <laughs> what do you mean? Uh, I, th- I think what we're saying is, okay, to one to one extreme, like if I don't live... Okay, sure. Yeah, I'm going to be like, you know, preserved in a jar of jelly and I'll be fine. <laughs> and I won't age and all that kind of I mean, obviously I'll age, but like I won't, you know, I won't get all beaten and battered. But on the other extreme, if I live fast and I live hard and, you know, and I'm playing all the time and being rough with my body and everything like that, then yeah, man, yeah. I'm going to die quicker just because I'm using, I'm burning the candle quicker, right? (laughs) Okay. So where's this happy medium? Where can I live my life, but also burn the candle at a nice, appropriate, moderate rate? And that's what I think we're talking about. So that now makes sense. Like, how do I know this all of a sudden? Like, how do I know, like, what the right pace is and what the right velocity is and all that kind of stuff, right? Um, well, I don't know. I don't know that. But part of my journey is to f- to find my center, right? And then once I do and once I know what that is, then I can proceed outward and deliberately and consciously create ripples, okay? So now let's look at part three. Part three is why we're saying by trying my best to move into harmony with a Tao, basically move into that center, I'm integrating my being and I continue to purify my life's energy. All right. But how does that gel with what we're talking about here? Because Lao Tzu is saying, okay, he who sees the most subtle things is called enlightened. He who uses the brightness of the way and returns to its light is said to be fully or doubly enlightened. That's paraphrasing, of course. The key thing here is using the brightness of the way to return to the light. And I feel like this means, and I may have alluded to this before, integrating our shadows. Okay, so what is all of this? Basically, it means this. I'm using the guidance of the Tao to stay close to center, understand where my center is, and deliberately use that to practice causing conscious and positive ripples that go out into the world and and I help everybody and I help myself actually in in doing that. So part three of this verse talks about, okay, well look, if if you're doing all of this, this is kind of the result that you get. Like you're able to use the brightness of the way. 
So you can return to the light and refine your energy as you kind of keep going. And you just get better and better and better at helping others. And you get better at helping yourself. And you get better at, like, you know, emulating the Tao. Okay. So let's wrap that up. Let's remember that verse 52 has three parts to it. Part one says that everything I do causes ripples. Part two says there's no way to immediately know my center. I must practice and practice to become aware of it. And part three says, well, by trying my best to move into harmony with the Tao, I'm integrating my being and thus continue to purify my life's energy. Okay, let's put that back together. I'll read verse 52 again. The principle of the world became the mother of the world. Gaining the mother, one knows her children. He who knows the children and retains their mother to the end of his days is exposed to no danger. If he closes his mouth, if he shut his ears and eyes, to the end of his days he shall feel no weariness. But if he open his mouth and increase his desires, to the end of his life he cannot be saved. He who sees the most subtle things is called enlightened. He who preserves his weakness is called strong. He who uses the brightness of the way and returns to its light need fear no bodily calamity. He is said to be doubly enlightened. Let's take a look at some of the things that this verse made me think about today when considering integrating with the Tao. Number one is kids who swear and the mothers that love them. <laughs> Number two is the swing of the pendulum reveals the balance point. And number three is using the light to integrate. Kids that swear and the mothers who love them. Okay, I have a dark secret. <laughs> I think it's hilarious when little kids use swear words. There, I said it. It's probably some of the most authentic, funniest things when I hear a five-year-old express his or her displeasure with a situation by using the F word. <laughs> of course, they've gotten it from their parents and aren't really comprehending the true meaning of it, which is why hearing profanity from the mouths of babes makes me giggle. So, you know, it's cute for the first time or two, but after the third time, it actually gets a little concerning. And we as adults want to make sure we don't acknowledge this profanity or at least correct it when it occurs so it doesn't become a habit. So I end up surprised and laughing. But then for subsequent utterances, I discourage it because despite its hilarity, I know that I would be doing the kid a disservice by continuing to laugh, a form of encouragement and positive reinforcement. But why is it concerning? Why not let five-year-olds run around cussing like sailors? After we get past the initial shock, we start to actually wonder, what sort of environment does the kid live in? What are the parents like? Was this a one-time slip-up because something was accidentally overheard? Or is this a symptom of a more pervasive problem at home? A little investigation through more conversation usually clears this up, but there is genuine concern there. I think it's because we know how much of an influence home life can have on a child, and 
if proper or improper, how that can affect the rest of the child's life. So we try to mind our own business while also seeing if there's something we can do if something's wrong or off. Watsu says that the mother gives birth to the world. From her, we may know her sons. And if we keep to the mother, our lives will be protected from harm. The line that resonates with me is that from her, we may know her sons. In our example just a minute ago, we paused after the initial surprise and started wondering about the child's home life. There's a great degree of influence from parent to child, and we were sensitive to that. Now, let's pause and see if we can arrive at another meaning from this aspect of verse 52. Suppose that the Tao is the mother of all things. From her, we can know the 10,000 things. And if we keep to the Tao, we'll be free from harm. That makes sense, since we've been talking about harmony and immortality, doesn't it? Well, at a high level, this is great. But uh, <laughs> what about everyday life? How can we interpret this? Recently, a book came across my path, and I shared about it in the last episode. The key message I pulled out of it, and this was mostly because the author put it in bold through multiple chapters, <laughs> is that I must integrate myself with the Tao. Well, sweet, but what does that mean, and how does that apply to little kids who swear? <laughs> well, it's all here, I promise. As expressions of the Tao, we are also the mother. We give birth to the 10,000 things. Actually, there's probably more. Did you ever count the amount of thoughts that you had in a day, a week, a month? And through our words and actions, we produce little offsprings of intention. Through the ripples we send out through the world, we are known by their effects. Integrating means simply this. Own your stuff. Except that as an expression of the Tao, you are the mother of your universe. You send out ripples, seemingly good or seemingly bad. You are free to create that which you see fit. And sometimes it's easy to say that life has dealt me a crappy hand. Sometimes it's easy to feel like I don't deserve a particular situation. It's easy for me to interpret things by saying that things are being done to me. Things are being taken away. Or I have to deal with the situation. What's difficult, in my opinion, is to look at the undesirable situations in which I find myself and realize that at some point, somewhere, at some time, I have been the situation's progenitor. Now, part of being a human means that there is a lot to know and that I'll make mistakes that snowball and lead to bad things happening. Or seemingly bad things happening. And I can also remember that it's not just me, but everyone else in the world that has this right of creation as well. And the right to make mistakes. So, of course, things are bound to be messy, undesirable, and traumatic even. But in integrating with the Tao, I must take a hard look and learn as much as I can about how I might have contributed to whatever situation it is and then grow from it and try to avoid repeating it. So for me, this first line is telling me, hey, consider owning your stuff. If you do that, you'll move into harmony. And when in harmony, you'll come to no harm. Meaning that 
I have the opportunity right now. And now, and anytime I choose to be in the now, to take responsibility for my feelings, for my essence, to take my rightful place within the Tao as its expression and enjoy my immortality. The swing of the pendulum reveals the balance point. There is a string. One end is attached to a joint on the roof. On the other end, close to the floor, a weight hangs from it. Let's call this a pendulum. At rest, the weight hangs directly below the top end of the string. Let's imagine that we are standing there looking at it. At birth, our parents went over to the center, took the weight, and walked a little distance away with it. They let the weight go, and we saw the thing moving toward center, crossing the rest point, then moving toward the point opposite to us. It hovers there for a tiny moment, then travels back to where we're at, only to repeat the process for the rest of our lives. If we were to observe this for any amount of time, we would also see that the pendulum wouldn't hit the same center point over and over. Due to external forces of an ever-changing environment, the pendulum would oscillate a bit, creating a neat little pattern in the center with its movements. Lao Tzu says, if he close his mouth, if he shut his ears and eyes, to the end of his days he shall feel no weariness, but if he open his mouth and increase his desires, to the end of his life he cannot be saved. At first glance, I thought this was another verse that was telling me to abandon the fulfillment of only my corporeal senses. And then, through a serendipitous turn of events, I stumbled upon a different message. This verse, and my experience with it right now, is advising me to integrate myself. We talked a little about what that meant in the last section. So now, I'm less inclined to try and keep my mouth shut, my ears and my eyes closed, and I'm inclined to try to not keep them open. <laughs> On one limit of the pendulum swing, I'm excluding all external stimulation. I'm practicing meditation. I'm trying to learn from every mistake. I'm diligently seeking enlightenment. On the other limit of the pendulum swing, I'm all up in the mix with others, seeking security, prestige, and all the physical intimacy my body can handle. Conceptually, I think we're all familiar with the term moderation. <laughs> but have you ever tried to actually moderate? For me, it sucks. <laughs> I tend to moderate too hard one way, which usually ends up in me moving to extremes. And while that's a part of life, fine. It's just exhausting. So what to do? If I take the meaning of this part of the verse, it means to me right now that if I try my best and working to move into harmony with the Tao, that pendulum swing will do two things. One, I'll allow it to find its balance point if I just leave it alone. And two, it'll draw cool little designs in my life as I participate. I think participation is the key. At rest, the pendulum isn't very interesting, is it? It's doing nothing. <laughs> when swinging and making little designs over time, it's pretty dope. But in the moment, it just seems to be swinging back and forth in a boring way, doesn't it? But what if I could imagine a mini version of myself sitting atop the weight? That would be cool, ride, wouldn't it? I mean, from one extreme to the other... That might be a bit much, so maybe a nice little swing after I get tired of trying to hang on. 
I could appreciate the gentle movement from side to side, always seeing something new if I'm aware enough. So the point of integration to me seems to be participation in my life. I can still do nothing while participating. For me, this doesn't mean I let others walk all over me. I may still set boundaries and respect myself as well as others. It also doesn't mean inconsiderately disrupting the lives of others with my pursuit of satisfaction either. It means that in participating, I'm doing my best to keep moving into harmony with the Tao by respecting others, being honest with and accepting myself, being kind and gentle with myself and others, and serving them when I can to the best of my ability. The pendulum will swing. If I participate long enough, I will come to know the center point. Using the light to integrate. Lao Tzu says, He who uses the brightness of the way and returns to its light need fear no bodily calamity. He is said to be doubly enlightened. This idea of using the brightness of the way to return to the light unlocked a piece of the integral puzzle for me today. In the yin-yang symbol, there's the yang, or the bright side, and the yin, which is the dark side. Until now, we have been talking about the yang as being physical energy, material things, and the yin as being that dark, unmanifested side of the Tao. Recently, a Taoist master has come into my life, even though he doesn't know it. I got my hands on some literature that explains the yin-yang as it applies to humans in our lives. And I'd like to share a little bit with you right now. A simple way to put what I've learned is that the yang represents the light that Lao Tzu is talking about, and the yin represents our desires to fulfill our corporeal senses. So if we were to simplify that a bit more, it would be that yang is my willingness to move into harmony with the Tao, and yin would be the selfish desires for emotional and financial security, prestige, and intimacy on my terms. So now it makes sense. Using the light of the Tao are constantly working to move into harmony with it, sort of as a beacon for when I get lost in my selfish ego's desires, I can remember what to do when I recognize I'm all up in my ego and move forward into harmony again. So of course, this is a part of the human experience, isn't it? We're here, participating, always going back and forth between harmony with the Tao and questing to satisfy our base natures. We have the ideal which is harmony with the Tao. But we fall short of it often. At least I do, everybody. <laughs> like, on a regular basis. As I continue to refine my practice, partly by getting quiet and seeing the small disturbances in my yin, and then partly by remembering to return to harmony, I keep this process going. So, like filtering dirty water through charcoal over and over, and the more I do this, the clearer the water, or my spirit, gets. So for now, that seems to be the mechanism of integration that we talked about earlier and is described by Lao Tzu. For me, the takeaway for this verse seems to be the same things that we talked in the very, very beginning. Everything I do causes ripples. There's no way to immediately know my center, and I must practice and practice to become aware of it. 
and by trying my best to move into harmony with the Tao, I'm integrating my being and thus continue to purify my life's energy. And the point of all of this? Well, less suffering and more natural joy in my life, for starters. I suspect that there are more esoteric benefits, but I'm content to stay with this for now. So I feel like that's a great place to stop. To summarize my experience with this verse today and considering integrating with the Tao or owning my stuff, I thought about three things. Number one, I thought about kids that swear and the mothers who love them. Number two, the swing of the pendulum reveals the balance point. And number three, using the light to integrate. For the final piece of this episode, let's consider how we can apply the principle of integrating with the Tao in this verse today. You want to hear something sick and twisted? In meditation today, I just couldn't get to a place where my thoughts calmed down. I gave myself some extra time and that didn't help. My thoughts were racing all over the place. So, curious, I disengaged from paying attention to them and mentally stood back to watch them. And those, mon- those monkeys we talked about a couple episodes back were screaming, jumping, and swinging all over the place. So, I watched for a while. After looking at my thoughts, then looking for patterns, I looked for how those thoughts were making me feel. And with a little patience, a little probing, a little waiting, and observing, the answer came. I've been busy with work lately. I have daily stuff to do, and then I have a couple of projects that I want to do. There seemed to be no time to get the chores done so I can get to my projects. But then I realized that there actually was time. There were the hours. I just didn't want to do the chores for whatever reason. I felt like I needed time to get used to the idea of doing the chores, and that was ruffling my feathers. So this is the sick and twisted part. I was getting frustrated because I wasn't getting time to procrastinate. (laughs) I noticed that this was a pattern through which I'd gone before. In the past, this frustration caused internal resistance, which made me tired, which caused more frustration, which led to less self-care routines, and I got a case of the sniffles. Like, literally a cold. So this time, I stopped. I asked the Tao to help me be willing to complete my chores, thanked the Tao, and went about my day. And the chores got done. In the Shaolin Lang translation of this verse, Lao Tzu says, By focusing on the minor and subtle, your vision is clear. By staying on the side of weak, you are strong. Using the light of the world, but also keeping the light source of the Tao, will bring no harm to you and make you natural and long-lasting. Now, I like to use meditation to escape my thoughts. It's true. And in the beginning of my practice, I thought that that was what I was supposed to do. You know, that whole clear your mind thing. But as I get further and further into my journey, I realize that clearing my mind is only one of the possible things I can do in meditation. The most important thing ever that I have learned during my meditation practice is that above all else, I must do it every day. 
If I take just 15 minutes, I can fit that in anywhere in my schedule. Even if my thoughts are racing and I can't get still for that 15 minutes, I'm actually doing it. With this everyday practice, I have learned that there are so many things that I can do. Usually, I'll try to pay attention to the present, though some days that's more difficult than others. And when it's difficult, I'll use that to focus on the minor and the subtle, as Lao Tzu advises. I ask myself, what is going on? So I'm having trouble getting still today. Sometimes, I'm trying too hard. (laughs) Other times, I have neglected to do something that is making me worry. And in the sick and twisted case I shared earlier, I am procrastinating. So for this application section today, I'd just like to invite you to figure out how you can set aside 15 minutes today. If it's now, great, get it done. If it's 11.55 p.m., great, just get it done before you go to sleep. Be deliberate. And do it today. Then, when tomorrow comes, figure out when you'll do it then. There's no need to set a schedule right now. Just ask yourself every day this week, when can I fit 15 minutes in to meditate? And when you're there, allow whatever. Pay attention to the subtle. Ask yourself what is keeping you from connecting with a Tao. Ask for help. Appreciate that as soon as you ask, the Tao provides. Then, go about the rest of your day and be ready for when the answer comes to you. So that'll wrap it up. Thank you for considering this with me. To close out this episode, I'll leave you with a final reading of verse 52 of the Tao Te Ching, translated by Charles Johnston. The principle of the world became the mother of the world. Gaining the mother, one knows her children. He who knows the children and retains their mother to the end of his days is exposed to no danger. If he close his mouth, if he shut his ears and eyes, to the end of his days he shall feel no weariness. But if he open his mouth and increase his desires, to the end of his life he cannot be saved. He who sees the most subtle things is called enlightened. He who preserves his weakness is called strong. He who uses the brightness of the way and returns to its light need fear no bodily calamity. He is said to be doubly enlightened. Thanks for listening to an episode of the Tao Te Ching for Everyday Living with your host, Dan Casas-Murray. This podcast is for the Tao curious, those looking for a random bit of wisdom once in a while, or for those who want to dive into this wonderful teaching. In each episode, we do four things. One, we read a verse of the Tao Te Ching. Two, we break it down into everyday language. Three, we discuss my own thoughts and experience with the Tao. And four, we look at a couple of the many ways you can put the Tao into practice for yourself. That's pretty much how I've been practicing the Tao every day. By listening to Lao Tzu, reflecting on his words of wisdom, listening to other comments, and trying to practice them in everyday life. I'm pretty sure that as I learn about and experience more of the Tao, all my thoughts and lessons will change. I wish the same for you, 
as you grow along your journey. If you found something meaningful in this podcast and would like to discuss it with others, I'd like to encourage you to subscribe to the subreddit Taoism. That's reddit.com slash r slash Taoism. Also, I'd invite you to share this podcast with friends if you think it would benefit them. As always, I wish you love, compassion, and peace. Thanks for listening.